0: When a friend of Jesus named Lazarus had died, Jesus went to his family, and this is what he said to them, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. And this is our hope. Would you join me in prayer? God, we gather here today as family and as friends. We are here together in this room because of what we have in common. We're here because we loved Hank. We're here because we loved him. He loved us. And we are grieved that he is no longer with us. We feel the depth of our loss, and it reminds us of the depth of love that we have. We're here today acknowledging our loss. We are here to grieve, but we are also here today to say thank you. We want to thank you for the gift you gave us in Hank. We want to thank you for 90 years of life. You gave those to him, and many of those we shared with him, and we thank you for that. We know that everything good is from your hand. You are the one who had the idea of family. You are the one who had the idea of friends and love and relationships, and you've given them to us as a gift from you, and we enjoyed those gifts through Hank. And for that, we are here together to say thank you. We're also here to say thank you for the hope that we have through Jesus Christ our Lord. We've come together to confess our faith that we believe that death does not get the final word. We are here together with faith in the words of Jesus that those who believe in him, even through death, have life. That everyone who lives and believes in Jesus never truly dies. It's in this hope that we come into this room together today. We ask you to be with us as we gather. We gather in grief, in hope, and in love. I pray that today we would honor Hank well, and I pray that you would give us joy as we remember the way he has impacted our lives. Beyond that, we pray that you would be honored today. You created Hank, you gave him to us, and you love him more than we do. And you are the one that we trust with him now. We ask for your comfort. We ask for your peace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I do want to thank you for being here with us to remember and celebrate Hank's life. And I think it is good for us to come together on days like today. As I've thought about today, I think there's two things that are appropriate for us to do together today. First, I think we should use today to remember and to honor Hank. Like I said, we're here because we loved him and because he loved us. And it's good for us to spend time remembering him. A friend, a father, a father-in-law, A grandfather, he liked to be called Papa. That's what his grandkids and his great-grandkids called him. It was a good gift, and it was a gift of 90 years. Think about that, 90 years. How many people benefited from the life of Hank over 90 years of time? we should remember this good gift and we should thank God for it and that's one of the reasons we're here this morning to thank God for a good gift it's a day to remember but it's also a day to give God praise for the hope of eternal life eternal life is available it's made available to us through Jesus Christ and anytime we come into a a room like this on a day like this we remember that hope. But we also remember on days like today that death exists, that death is real. But as we acknowledge death, we also acknowledge the hope that anyone who believes has eternal life. And this is not just religious jargon. This is not just things we say to make ourselves feel better about a hard situation. We truly believe that there is life everlasting for those who have trusted in Jesus Christ. We still grieve, don't we? We will fill the absence. Tears are appropriate, for so are smiles. So is laughter. And I hope today, even through tears of grief and loss, there'll be smiles and laughter as we remember what God has given us. I wanted to start on a personal note just by saying, how thankful I am to have a part in this day. I consider it a privilege to be both Hank's pastor and Hank's friend. It was a friendship that I loved and a friendship that I will miss. I told Michelle the the week after Hank died how unusual it felt to me to not be praying for him anymore. To not be wondering how he was. was. To not be planning a visit. You know, we, we develop habits. And I didn't realize how deeply ingrained my habit was. To pray for him. To think of him. To visit him. It wasn't until he was gone that I recognized how deep that habit was and that friendship was. Where he was just always there. Constant prayers for my friend. But while I knew Hank, and I loved him well, and in his last days, he expressed his love to me, which is something 90-year-old guys don't do a lot, but he was very vocal of his love at the end. While I knew him well for seven years, it's wild to think that there were 83 other years There's a lot more to Hank's life and story than I know, but I'm thankful for the years we had together. And I know you're here because you're thankful for the years you had with him and the way they impacted you. I was also thinking this weekend how glad I am to gather in this room and this room in particular. This is where many of us saw and spent time with Hank the most. On Sunday mornings, he was one of the very first ones through the front door, Kevin usually with him, but I don't think Kevin came that early because he wanted to. He loved his church. He also liked to be early, which is something he would remind me of anytime I took him to a doctor's appointment, something I got to do a lot over the last couple of years. And he would remind me what time the appointment was and what time we should be there. there was two different times. And the entire time we were driving, he was constantly looking at his watch, which he always wore, and he always wanted to make sure it was the right time. And even if we were going somewhere we had gone before, he wanted to make sure I knew the way. And if he didn't recognize the direction we were going, he would question me. We have to be on time. One thing I always knew to expect anytime I saw Hank, whether it was at the front door here, at his home, in a hospital or a nursing home, the many different places I would see Hank, one thing I always knew to expect was his handshake. And for Hank, he didn't just give a handshake, it was this whole set of movements. And if you're a guy that attends church here, you you may know the handshake. For me, it was always an expression of love and friendship. He greeted Michelle differently. Michelle always got a hug, and she always got a compliment of how good she looked. I teased Hank that I never got a hug, and I certainly never got a compliment on my looks. She always got both. One thing's for sure, if you came to Southern Hills, you were greeted by Hank. But something you may not know is that if you weren't here, Hank noticed. He noticed she wasn't here, and usually after church, he would ask me about you if you weren't here. He was concerned about people he didn't see, and he wanted to know that his friends and family were well. Almost every time I saw him, whether at church or some other place, even I remember in the hospital one time when he was struggling to breathe, had pneumonia, wearing the mask, I couldn't understand what he said. I kept getting closer, and this was his question. How are your mom and dad? Are they well? How are Michelle's mom and dad? Tell them I said hello. And to me, that wasn't just something he did. That was an expression of how much he valued people. He cared. If the boys weren't with me. If I went to visit him, And the boy, he wanted to know how Parker and Graham were. He was very concerned about the boys. One way I was always reminded of his love for people was his remembrance of dates. Maybe you know this about Hank. He, he remembers birthdays, he remembers anniversaries, wedding anniversaries, death anniversaries, He remembered these things, and he would remind me, this is the day. This is my wife's birthday. This was my mom's birthday. This was my dad's birthday. This was the day that one of them passed. He remembered important days in the lives of those he cared about. He loved his friends and family well. And at the same time, he wasn't content just with the people he already knew. He always wanted to know others. He wanted to know those around him, everywhere he went. So, Sometimes after an appointment, we would go to a restaurant together. He would start a conversation with the server. In the waiting rooms, he would talk to the other people around us. If you visit him in rehab, you may have seen him sitting in his wheelchair in the hallway. He didn't want to be in his room. He wanted to be in the hallway so he could talk to people as they passed by. He knew them all, and they all knew him. He wanted to know people, and he showed them that he cared. I think there's something for us to learn from that. Hank loved people, he cared about people, but Hank was not perfect. He was a Dodgers fan. (laughs) One thing Hank and I always shared in common was our love for baseball. He always told me how he enjoyed going to Dodgers games and he enjoyed taking his kids with him. I'll tell you, when the Dodgers went to the World Series two years ago, There's only one reason I rooted for the Dodgers. I knew Hank would be watching. I knew it would make him happy if they won. Man, was he mad when they lost. (laughs) He loved the Dodgers, but since he was in Texas, and there's not many Dodgers games on in Texas, I was thankful he adopted the Rangers as the second team. And so that was always something we could talk about. Every Sunday morning, we would talk about Saturday night's game. And often on Saturday nights, I was getting ready for church, so I missed the game. So, you know, my habit during baseball season, every Sunday morning, is I would read the box score. I would read the highlights. Because when Hank came in, I didn't want to disappoint him by not knowing what happened. It'll be weird not to feel like I need to check the box score. You love baseball. So do I. I cry thinking about baseball and Hank, (laughs) but one thing he loved more than baseball and more than anything else in this world was his family. You were loved. He was thankful for the family he had. He was thankful for where he came from. And he was thankful for how well he was served by you. When we were together, he would tell me all kinds of stories. He would often tell me about being born in Texas. Although he spent most of his life in California, Hank was proud that he was born in Texas. He told me often about the move to California in 1942. I remember the date because it's the same year my dad was born. But he would always tell me, in 1942, I was three years old, we moved from Texas to California. I don't remember things from when I was three, but Hank remembered that drive. He remembered sitting in the backseat of his parents' car, He remembered the stops along the way. He told me stories about his time serving in the military. He was proud of his service. He wore his veteran's hat with pride. And if he saw another service member somewhere, you better believe we were going to stop. and We're going to talk to them. Because he wanted to hear their story. And he wanted to tell his Something else Hank was proud of that I admired about him was that he worked at the same company for over 40 years. A sign of dependability, of faithfulness, of a love for those that he had cared for and provide for. The truth is, I know some of Hank's stories very well because I heard them many, many, many times. I guess it's the A benefit of getting older is you don't remember things. It was a benefit to me that Hank told me these stories over and over. And through those, I got to know him better and better every time. I'd get a new detail sometimes, always glad for those. I heard about all these things, California, the military, his work. But the thing I heard most often in Hank's stories were people. He would speak of his wife who he loved well for 45 years. He loved and still missed his parents. He was proud to talk about his kids, his grandkids, and how many great grandkids he had. He loved the family that he had here, but he also deeply loved and longed for those who had already died. You know, when you live 90 years, many of the people that you love and care for the most during your life have already gone ahead of you. When Hank spoke of those who had passed, I could hear in him not a fear of death, but a hope for what was to come. Along those lines, I asked Karen what hymns Hank liked to sing. He told me a lot. He didn't prefer the songs we sang at church. He wished we had hymn books. He wished we sang older songs. I asked Karen which were his favorites, and the first one she said was the Old Rugged Cross. It's a song that reminds us of the work of Jesus. And we know that it's only through his cross that we have hope of life after death. So I thought it would be appropriate for us to sing a song that reminds us of where we get our hope. And also, a song that will remind us of our friend and what he believed. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing it together.
1: Reading from First Corinthians chapter fifteen, starting in verse fifty. Hear the word of God. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.
2: Hi, I'm Faith, I'm Hank's granddaughter, middle granddaughter, It's like six grandkids. Um... I'm going to read his obituary, but first I must say that my grandfather did not like being called Herman Henry. If you called him Herman Henry, he thought he was in trouble. So it was always Hank um, or Papa, yes, it was. most of us called him Papa. Um, so it says Hank. 90 of Round Rock passed away on May 5th, 2020. Hank, as he was affectionately known to all, was born on Valentine's Day, February 14, 1930, in Palmer, Texas, to his loving parents, Herman Henry Sr. and Mary Elizabeth Boyd Cates. Valentine's Day was also his mother's birthday. <sighs> Hank will be laid to rest at Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale, California, right between my great-grandmother and my grandmother. He was a tall, lanky young man when he joined the Army in January of 1951, already having two years of employment behind him as a Platon Pressman for the Griffin-Patterson Co. in Glendale, California, Hank was stationed in Japan where he served during the Korean War. He brought home the Korean Service Medal and the UN Service Medal. He was honorably discharged from active duty in the Army as a corporal in 1953. Griffin Printing and Lithograph, the company Hank worked for prior to his service, was waiting for his return. He remained employed by Griffin in Los Angeles, California for the next 45 years. Nancy Carol Hornbeck captured Hank's heart and they were married on June 18, 1954. This would have been their 66th wedding anniversary two days ago. At the Griffith Park Christian Church in Atwater, California. They were married for 48 years until Nancy's passing on November 7th, 2002. Hank was a member of the Southern Hills Baptist Church in Round Rock and previously the Griffith Park Christian Church in Atwater, Los Angeles area of California. He was also a member of the Atwater Masonic Lodge. Hank is survived by his daughters, Leanne Collier of Arizona, Karen B. and Kevin L., my mom and my stepdad, um, of Round Rock, Texas. Son, David Cates in Mesa, Arizona. Grandchildren, Katrina and Adam Collier. Philip Cates, Faith Adams, which is me. Amber Lynn Cates and Brendan Cates. Great-grandchildren, Tristan and Liam Cates. Eliza Adams and Bethany Bebs which are my two, Tiffany Brockman, William and Zachary Harris, Douglas and Michaela Donay, nieces Debbie and Tim Smith, Mary and Dan McCarville, and Martha and Scott Nelson, cousins Rick and Robin Leadham. But there's so many more. Uh, It was just so long to put on there. So um, we have a guest book out there and there's also one online at the Ramsey Funeral Home where you can leave a message if you'd like. Thank you.
0: One thing you may have noticed is the kids around Hank and some of those pictures. We don't take pictures of random life as much as maybe we should, but when he was here, he was always curious about the kids and he wanted them to be with him. He loved to hug them. If he was in his chair, he would he enjoyed holding them. And I think it's appropriate that we have kids in here today. The, these would be the people he'd be most interested in seeing. This time we're gonna hear from, from some of the family about their memories of Hank. Um, and Michelle's gonna come and she's gonna share with us um, some of um, Karen's memories of Hank.
3: I'm reading something that Karen wrote about her dad. My dad, he was a suit-and-tie kind of guy. He was proud to serve his country and then married my mom on June eighteenth, 1954. He lived a happy life with three children, six grandchildren, and nine great-grandchildren. My dad worked the same job for 45 years, was an elder in the church, and sung in the choir of our home church in Griffin Park Christian Church. Griffith Park. He was even a brownie and a Girl Scout dad that taught me to ride a bike. I remember when I was young, in the first house that I lived in, my dad and I would go out to the garage every Saturday. I don't really remember exactly what we did out there, but my mom would always bring us hot chocolate. We moved to Glendale in 1968. Dad and I would play catch and go to Dodgers games. He loved baseball. Dad was also a Mason and the kind of dad that would take me to father-daughter dances at school as well. Growing up, Sundays were always family days filled with church, family lunch, and cards or dominoes. Dad came to live with us in 2004 after my mom passed in 2002. He was a loving man that always took care of his family.
0: Now Faith's going to come, and she's going to share more about her grandfather, and then if there's anything that you wanted to share, we want to give you that opportunity. So Faith, if you want to come, and um, and then after she's done, if if there's anyone else, um, we'd be glad to hear your memories of Hank.
2: I didn't write anything, because all his memories are like right up in here, and I don't know. Writing it down just didn't seem, it seemed weird to me um almost 39 years of memories it's hard to pick and choose which ones are the best but my grandfather was just this really kind man who wanted to be around everyone i remember being a teenager and all my friends were shopping at the mall and doing teenage stuff and i was at the hospital printing out flyers with my grandfather for the yearly flu shot and just sitting out with my grandmother passing them out reminding people to get their flu shots. All my friends were like, well, isn't there anything else you'd rather do? And I'm just like, no, no, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, helping my grandparents, passing out flyers, you know sitting with my grandfather in the printing room, listening to him tell me how to run the machines and, you know, to print everything evenly and don't print more than you need, you know, and it was what he did and it was what he loved. I grew up in a Christian church. My grandfather and I didn't always see eye to eye. I'm more of a spiritual person. He's more of a religious person um we would discuss why aren't you in church you used to teach sunday school you know you did all this stuff you know candlelight service and i'm just like well my beliefs have changed and he still loved me anyway because i still believe in god i still believed in his son you know i still believe everything he believed i just didn't believe i had to do it in a church and he still loved me anyway And then he asked me, well, when my time comes, are you going to go to church and, you know, be there? And I said, yes, grandpa. For you, I will go to church. So here I am. (laughs) Um, You know, I spent my teenage years living with my grandparents. Uh, So, you know, rules. I didn't have those living with my mom. There was no rules. You know, we did whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. Living with my grandparents, there was always rules. Um, didn't always abide by most of the rules, <laughs> but yeah, there were a lot of rules. My grandfather was a stickler for punctuality. Uh, you know, so much so that I was born on a Sunday morning at 11.45, my grandfather dropped my mom and my grandma off at the hospital and he went to church. (laughs) Wasn't there when I was born at 11.45 in the morning? Nope, it was more important for him to be at church. I never held a grudge about that. (laughs) He was there for nearly 39 years of my life, so he's entitled to being at church when I'm born. So, um, one of the best memories that I have of my grandfather uh, in recent years is the time he got to spend with my own children. You know, most kids don't get to know their grandparents, let alone their great-grandparents. My children were blessed to not only have two sets of grandparents here and there, um, but they got to know great-grandparents as well on their dad's side and my side as well. So I was grateful for that for my children. My grandfather loved my former in-laws. He loved speaking about war with my former father-in-law, it was something he looked forward to. He'd always ask me, oh, how's Jim and Sharon? Oh, they're doing good, you know, so. As a child, um, you know, we moved around a lot. So uh, my mom, my brother and I, we moved around a lot. So there were times I didn't get to see my grandparents, but, having grown up living with them was probably the best thing for me. I don't ever like to admit how it was the best thing for me, but I will admit that I am who I am partially because I was raised by my grandparents. And my grandfather was just an absolute delight. Everyone called him Papa. If you came over, it was Papa. My friends were like, oh How do we address your grandfather? And I was like, just call him Papa. He won't accept anything less than you calling him Papa I remember in recent years him sitting out on the porch and all the kids in the neighborhood would w- Walk by and be like hi Papa. He just waved back and you know, and I'm just like oh, everybody knows Papa yeah <laughs> I have a lot of memories um I'm not gonna go through them all. That would take thirty-eight years. But um he was a good man. He was a really good man and I was proud to know him, proud to be his granddaughter. Um you know, I think I was a little more stubborn than he was, and that uh that didn't sit well with <laughs> him sometimes, but uh you know, I loved him very much, and I miss him every day. Um, I miss the really weird sounds he would make when he'd sneeze. I don't know if you would all experienced that, but he made a lot of weird noises when he sneezed. Um, his sitting in the living room watching whatever on TV and going, hum, 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 hum. And, It's like, okay, Papa, (laughs) are you okay? Oh yeah, I was just breathing, okay, you know, all right. So yeah, there's a lot I miss. Sometimes I feel like he's just right there, even though he's not there, but uh, it's going to be hard. Um, You know, all these firsts without him my kids would have been here, but they wanted to remember him as he was alive. You know, they uh, they don't like sadness a lot, and they want all the memories they have, you know, to hold on to, so they didn't come, but uh, really grateful for all of you for being here, so thank you, and that's. Is
0: there anyone else? Is there anyone else? And no, we're putting you on the spot. If anyone would like to share, we would if love to give you that share, opportunity. We would
1: love to give you that opportunity. I'll share just a, a couple quick thoughts uh, about Hank. As I think about Hank, there are two things that uh, come to mind immediately. Uh, The first is his great and faithful love for his wife. Um, From the very first time I met Hank, he was talking about his wife. Uh, At that point, I think she had been passed for probably 10 years or more, but he talked about her all of the time. Um, And it was just so evident that his love for her had not passed. Uh, His love for her was a faithful kind of love. Um, And as a a younger man, I I saw that love and I thought it was sweet. Uh, But the more I saw it, it it was more than sweet. It's inspiring, right? It's the kind of love that I would uh, like to have a testimony of at the end of my days, uh, that I loved my wife with that kind of faithfulness. The other thing I, I think about Hank Um, And this is maybe a a first experience for me. He's probably the first person that I encountered. And again, very early on in our friendship, he was telling me that he was ready to go. Um, He was ready to go and be with his wife. Uh, And I I think that desire came from a a couple of different places. One, again, was just the the faithful and intense love that he had for his wife. But also uh, it came from a, a confidence and where he knew he was going. Uh, he, he did not fear death. Death was not something that rattled or shook him. He even walked towards it in a way that was obviously unusual, right? And and for me to have that kind of conversation for the first time, it was almost an awkward conversation. Uh, you're, you're He was looking forward to death. Um, and for him to bring it up so Casually uh, to someone that he was just meeting, uh, but again he'd bring it up over and over again. Um, and it's not because the, it's not because he didn't enjoy life. That that wasn't the case at all. He was, as everyone else has spoken, a delightful person who enjoyed other people and who enjoyed life. But he had a love for his wife, a love for his Savior, in confidence that he knew where he was going when this life was over. Uh, so again, as I think about Hank. The two things that I take away are just how he loved his wife and his family and the faith that he had in his Savior that was so strong that death did not scare him. I think death scares most most people, but as believers, it should not scare us, right? Because we we know what's next. We we know what's coming, and Hank clearly had those things. and for that, I'll be thankful. And for that, he's he's made an impact on me. So let's pray just a a prayer of thanksgiving for Hank, uh, for the way that he's impacted us, for the gift that he was for all of these years. Dear Heavenly Father, um, God, you are the giver of all good gifts, and your good gifts come in many shapes and sizes, uh, in many faces and friends, and Hank was unquestionably one of those Good, good gifts. Uh, He lived 90 years, and I think I I only knew Hank for the last seven years. But in those seven years, uh, God, he, he didn't want to waste that time. He was still interested in impacting people and being involved in their lives, and I'm thankful for the impact that he had on me. God, his example of faithfulness, his example of love towards others and family, Um, In the moment, maybe they seemed like small things, but as we take a step back and assess the totality of his life, it's just an example of consistent faithfulness. God, I pray that you would grant that to me and that you would grant that to others. God, I'm also thankful for his faith, a faith that allowed him to walk towards death without fear, God, without regret, without reservation. He knew what his future held, God, thank you for that. There's so much uncertainty in this world today. Death is certainly on the minds of many as we live in the midst of a global pandemic. God, give us the kind of courage that Hank had. Uh, Not not courage just because of recklessness, God, but, but courage because of the future that you've secured for us in Christ. God, and if there are those here that maybe don't have that kind of fearlessness of death, I pray that you would open up, God, their heart and their eyes to, to hear the message of the gospel, to hear that the hope that is held in the name and the person and the work of Jesus Christ. It is in Christ that death has no sting and that we have victory. And God, I am thankful that Hank is living in that victory now. Thank you for his life, thank you for his example, and God, thank you most of all for your goodness. It was your goodness that was shining through Hank. God, thank you for that. We love you and pray this in your son's name, amen. The
0: Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a psalm that's often read at funerals. If we aren't careful, it can sound cliche, because cliche does not mean untrue. The psalm is true, and it describes both our need and the goodness of God. It acknowledges the pain and the struggles of life and also the mercy and provision of the Lord. At 90, there's no doubt that Hank had experienced all of those things. In 90 years, you will over and over again experience pains and struggles. But Hank also experienced mercy and provision. And the mercy and provision were the things he talked about the most. In those last days when Hank was in isolation, we couldn't go see him except through the window, which was awkward at best. So I would write him notes, things we could pass to him through the nurses. This psalm is one that I wrote for him. I wanted him to remember when he felt alone that he was never alone. Psalm 23 is a personal psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And if you are God's through Christ, he is yours. Our shepherd is there for us when life is good, and our shepherd is there for us on days like today that are often hard. No matter what life brings, we can face it knowing that the shepherd will be with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Why can we say we fear no evil on life's worst days? Because he's with us he's a rod to protect us and a staff to pull us near it's a reminder of the presence and protection of god things we can trust things that hank believed things i wanted to remind him of and maybe some of the hardest of his days isolation approaching death no matter what we face even when we face death or the death of someone we love, there is a God who is present and who desires to be our comfort. Do I need to convince you that we live in a broken world? Probably not. We live in a world where we get hurt, where we experience grief, and out of which none of us makes it alive. A world where there is a need for days like today. I don't think it's helpful to ignore the pain. We don't have to pretend that it's easy. But at the same time, we remember that we are not alone and that we have not been left without hope. The psalmist is honest about the difficulties, but he's also clear about the trust we can have in our God, both in life and in death. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And I love that last part. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His goodness and mercy extends through this life. Part of God's goodness to us was Hank. And we also know that beyond this life, we have the hope of everlasting life through Christ. It's good news, but it begs the question, if God is good, if God is merciful, then why all the pain? Why days like today? Why death? Why do we have to keep saying goodbye? Well, here's what we have to remember. Death was not a part of God's original plan. When God created man, he created us to know him and to have a relationship with him and to live with him forever. Death was not part of the design, but something changed. Adam and Eve sinned, his creation rebelled and everything changed. The reason death exists and the reason we have days like today is because sin disrupted God's good plan. It separated us from him, it brought pain into the world, and it introduced the reality of death. Paul writes in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, death has spread to all of us. We've all sinned. Like I said, as we think about the goodness and kindness of God, death does not seem right. And there's a reason for that. Death was not God's plan. Death came as a result of sin. Death exists because as a people, we have rebelled against him. This is the reality that we are born into. But there is good news. Oh, friends, there's good news. That while sin brought death, God in his love chose to make a way For us to overcome death. To be freed from the penalty of sins. The answer to sin and death is Jesus. Hank believed this. He would want you to know this. Death will come. All have sinned. But there is hope. God has made a way of salvation. See, in order for things to be made right, something had to happen. Someone had to pay the penalty for our sins. Someone had to die to accept the wrath that we deserve. Someone who never sinned had to be a substitute. This is why God came and fleshed. His name is Jesus. For those of you who saw Hank regularly, you may have noticed that in addition to his watch, which he always had, if you're going to be punctual, you have to have a watch and so he had his watch, but he also wore other things beside his watch. Maybe you noticed. He had several wristbands. One was a beige wristband that had some different designs on it. I, I, I found it, and I printed it. It's like this. Maybe you saw Hank wearing this. He wore it for years. A couple of years ago, when he was in the hospital, we were sitting there, and conversation had lulled, and I noticed his bracelet, and I, I asked him to explain it to me. He explained that there was an arrow down which reminded us that Christ came to earth. There was a cross, a reminder of Jesus' death for our sins. Then there was what I thought was a rainbow. He said it's an empty tomb, a reminder of the resurrection of Christ. An arrow up, his return to heaven, and an arrow down. He will come again and make all things new. With that bracelet, Hank explained the work of Jesus and, we sat there for another ten minutes or so and discussed all the benefits that we have because that happened. A couple years, excuse me, a couple of weeks ago, or I guess a few months ago now, seems like it, just before we couldn't go to the nursing home anymore. Myself and Parker and Graham went to the nursing home to see Hank. We were sitting in the dining hall and the boys were sitting there with us, and I asked Hank, "Would you tell?" Parker and Graham about your bracelet. So just a few months ago, I heard him again, recount the work of Christ as he described it. And then once again, we we discussed together the benefits we receive. Hank believed in Jesus. He was confident in his hope. It's because of that hope, we know that as Jesus died, we can die to our sins. And as he was raised, we can be raised to new life. And one day, our bodies will be raised. We read in First Corinthians 15, If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ, have perished forever. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of the most to be pitied. the reality if not for jesus if not for the resurrection from the dead we have no hope but the next verse says this but in fact christ has been raised from the dead and he is the first fruits which means he goes first and then all who believe in him will in like manner be raised this is our hope Because Jesus rose from the dead, all who believe in him, all who repent and believe in Christ have the promise of eternal life. And I know most of you know this, but we must remind ourselves of this often, shouldn't we? Is there anything greater to consider when our friends and loved ones go to the grave that these truths are true and they are our hope? It's what the Bible teaches. It's what Hank believed. For those who are in Christ, death is not the end. For those who are in Christ, death is defeated and death becomes an entrance into everlasting life. Thomas read for us earlier that at the return of Christ, we will be changed. Our perishable bodies will put on what is imperishable and we will be made new. When we think about death, we can think about new life. You know, ever since Hank went into rehab back in the fall, As a family, we prayed for him regularly. For a while, praying that he'd be able to walk well again. And then our prayers shifted as he went to the nursing home and his symptoms changed. Once he was diagnosed with COVID, we prayed for him every night. The boys and Michelle and I. After Hank passed away, I didn't know how the boys, six and four, how they would think about that. And one night... I asked Parker if he thought that God heard our prayers. After all, we had prayed for healing. But Hank died. I asked Parker, what what do we do with that? He didn't miss a beat. He said right away, Our prayers were answered. Hank is well. He can walk no walker no wheelchair he can hear throw away those gum hearing aids that he hated no more viruses parker was right and this is the hope we have that there is a coming a day when we will see our lord and we will be made new but this hope this hope is only for those who repent of their sins trust in Jesus. I don't want 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 us to leave this room thinking that this is universal and applied to all. Salvation, this hope that we're talking about, the hope that Hank had, is reserved for those who with repentant hearts confess their sin and trust in Christ and his finished work on the cross. Just before Jesus went to the cross, before he died, he was speaking to his disciples. He wanted to comfort them before he went away. He said this to them, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. And Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way to have the hope of eternal life, the only way to have a hope of a, a existence with God after this life is through Jesus. My prayer is that this is where you would find your hope. There's only one way death leads to life. That's through Christ. It's a great hope. And those of us who have believed this can say, there will come a day when we believe that death is swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is a day of grief, but it's also a reminder of hope. It's because of Jesus we can say with confidence, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you join me in prayer? God, it's because of love for Hank that we are grieving today. Today is a day when I'm reminded how much I hate death. I hate the loss and the separation that death causes, I hate the pain that death brings. And I wish we never had to come together in rooms like this on days like today. But I take comfort in the fact that death was not your plan. Death exists because we live in a broken world, broken by our sin. We find hope in the fact that you also hate death and you have a plan for overcoming it. We thank you that you came to earth, lived among us, died yourself and rose again so that one day death will be defeated for all time. Your word tells us that those who trust in Jesus will live with you in a place where death no longer exists. That just as you were raised from the dead, we can have the hope of resurrection and the hope of eternal life. And we look forward to that day when you defeat death once and for all. Until that day, As we still live here, would you give us comfort? As we grieve, would you give us peace? I pray today especially for Karen and Kevin and Faith and the rest of the family. For us as his church family, for each one I ask a special comfort. As we grieve, would you help us to grieve with hope? God, I believe you are good and you always do good. Would you help us to trust you I thank you again for the gift of life, and I thank you for the gift of Hank. For 90 years of life, I thank you most of all for the gift of Jesus in whom Hank trusted. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that you would be glorified as we grieve and hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to end by singing... A second song that Hank enjoyed singing. We'll sing that together and then we will be dismissed. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, may he equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen.